Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, a Tottenham Hotspur theme show brought to you by a couple of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. Dave, hello. Welcome back to another episode. How are you on this fine day? Hey, Dags, everyone. Yep, good. Thank you. Halfway through the West Amathon at the moment. So we've done the <laughs> FA Cup and we've, unsurprisingly, yep. our FA Cup tournament in 2021 lasted 90 minutes. But we've got West Ham again <laughs> next week. So, you know. Well. That's our thing at the moment. You're not the only ones, because we've just seen what happened to Arsenal. We were just talking about that gleefully. So Yeah, I think losing to fifth in the Premier League is fine, to be honest. Yeah, you can take that. It's okay. We had a narrow escape ourselves today, which we'll talk about in a moment. And to help us talk about that will be, as always, Elio. Elio, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad, thanks. Slightly relieved, as I'm sure you are. And (laughs) uh, anybody else who who was listening to or witnessing or at our match today... Mm. um, Curious that it was on Sunday at 2pm when it wasn't televised. I'd love to know the logic behind that, um, thinking of the fans as ever, FA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, we're going to talk about that game against... Uh, who, who was it again, Elio? Do you want to remind us what, who we just played in the FA Cup? <laughs> <laughs> more, more. How long did that as take? I, as I have always pronounced it. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I have no evidence to the contrary, of course. Uh, on that note, actually, I was as good a time as any to read out an email <laughs> that we got shortly after our last episode went up. And this is from Big Mike. This is from Joe's dad, Mike Brooker. He says, um, Hi, Dags. Love the podcast, as always. Whilst Elio's discomfort had me in hysterics, I have a lot of sympathy for him. In 1979, I was working in a bank when Spurs were drawn at home against Altrincham in the FA Cup. Not only did Spurs fail to win, but I made the mistake of pronouncing their name as Altrincham on the Monday. They were merciless. Big Mike. So there you go. You got some sympathy. Well, if it's good enough for Big Mike, it's good enough for me (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Exactly, exactly. So uh, we'll talk about that game. We're also obviously going to talk about the Chelsea game that has happened since our last podcast and look ahead to the next leg of that, which is a bit of a mountain to climb. And then, of course, our next league game is a big one. It's the home game against Arsenal. So we're going to have to talk about that a little bit as well. So four games to get through. So better crack on with it, I say. Let's talk about the the Morecambe game. I'm trying hard not to say Morocco myself at the moment. It's, It's sort of ingrained in my head but uh but Elio, obviously fleeting over it we don't want to get into too much detail made hard work of it didn't we we did make hard work of it um obviously a much changed lineup obviously players that haven't played that much and not that much together even more so a few players maybe mm. coming back off injury low confidence so so it's generally a recipe for a humiliation of some description when you do that but <laughs> as Arsenal have just demonstrated exactly but against the league one side who have one of the worst defenses in the country at the moment as well I think it was something like 42 league goals conceded already this season or something really mad Jesus. like that you just expect better. You expect certain players who are, I'm sure we'll discuss who mm. are earning by themselves multiple times more than the entire Morecambe squad put together. You expect them to be able mm. to find a pass through a League One defence because many League One sides have found that pass through that League One defence this season. And it was worrying for a few players that should have been trying to prove a point today. And that's the thing. It's not exactly a youth team. I mean, there were a few players in this team that you expect should be competing for starting places in the bigger games. And they didn't really step up. Who stood out? Who was particularly bad? Who was particularly good? Any moments worth singling out at all? 
couple of nice goals. Few overall things worth discussing. He, for much of the game, for the entire second half, pretty much went with inverted wing backs of mm. Doherty, who's no good on his own side, and Sessignon, who's just about trying to find some form on his own side. Uh, yeah. Sadly, neither of these is Philippe Lam, so it did not work. <laughs> but it was disappointing to see Deli Ali and Ndombele playing like they're out of their depth against the League One side. Mm. Deli Ali's half and puff, but unfortunately that's all he seems to be able to do these days and Dombele it's just not good enough in the slightest I don't want to watch him for Spurs again honest to God mm. he, he's fast becoming one of my most disliked ever players and that's saying something because I've disliked a lot of our players <laughs> um, oh you have yeah you certainly and have. you know how much I am anti-booing at home matches but he deserved to be booed as we were losing 1-0 at home to a league one side and he was just sort of trudging off the pitch slowly yeah. without a care in the world and I don't care if his feelings were hurt when he went straight down the tunnel his attitude stinks and yeah. he deserves the pelters he's getting and particularly cold was that as he was getting booed as he came off once Hill came yeah, off cheers he actually got cheered which I thought yeah. was quite amusing yeah he's not given us any reason to boo him yet has he Dave what do you make of this whole thing I mean Dombele we've talked about him to death haven't we it's almost getting a bit boring but when a player acts like that when you know they, they disrespect the fans they disrespect the manager they just kind of walk off in a strop and go down the tunnel especially a player who hasn't really earned the right to be that much of a prima donna do you think this is the point where we just cut our losses and say someone come in and pay us a load of money for this guy we've had enough what would you do with Dombele at the moment well I think two things so I mean I'm going to give a Leeds example, which I, I got okay. into a lot of trouble, by the way, because I was talking about the Forest game with my friends at Forest beating Arsenal, yeah. and I brought it back to Leeds, and they all went, oh my God, stop talking about Leeds, oh, we're running off about Leeds. But anyway, <laughs> that's why you're here, that's, babe. that's kind of why I'm here. That's what we um, want. But, but yeah, Leeds last season, I think it was Leicester, we weren't playing particularly well, I think we got beat 4-1 in that game, and Pablo Hernandez, who is mm. a hero, mm. got substituted, didn't like it, kicked a bottle, he played... One more game for us, I believe, which was his last ever game for us on the last oh, wow. day of the season as a kind of yeah. a farewell game when there was nothing to play for. Obviously, there's a big difference here, which is the fact that Pablo Hernandez is 36. He's mm. He almost single-handedly got us promoted the year before. He's a legend. There are murals in Leeds City Centre for him. Oh, wow. And he doesn't get paid a hilarious amount of money as Dombele <laughs> yeah. does. So there's a financial mm. aspect that you have to factor in, which probably muddies the water in a way that you kind of don't want it to as a football fan. You don't want to have mm. to go, oh, but we've spent this money on him. Oh, but we've got installments that we still need to pay back. Oh, but he's yeah. already cost us this and he's going to cost us this by the end of his contract. Mm. But you kind of have to when it becomes to the point where it's such a, a high value asset or certainly a high cost asset that you have to almost try to... I feel like you have to defend him, but it feels like it's indefensible at the moment. It's like defending mm. indefensible, right? You have to go, what did they see in him? And I think I know the answer, but at the same time, what did they see in his personality, in his work rate that made them think this guy's going to be able to do the trick for us. Because that's the problem. That's the frustration. If you try mm. and you're rubbish, you're trying. If you don't try and you're rubbish, you're never going to make it. You're never going to make anybody appreciate you in the way that you desperately, surely you desperately want them to. And that's that's what blows mm. my mind, to be honest. Like I've, I've said it before on this podcast, I kind of don't like buy into the whole lazy footballer kind of psyche because... You don't get yeah. to be a Premier League. You don't get to play football. That's the strange lazy. thing, isn't it? Maybe there's but, another level mm, where they get exposed. Maybe in this instance, we've got a, a, an individual who is literally, you know, won the lottery, got his big move, mm. getting paid a lot of money. He's in London. I mean, you know, where was he before? Lyon? 
Uh, Leon. Leon. Yeah. Leon to London, that's quite a change. Mm. And maybe, you know, it's just become not as important anymore. Which is kind of what Elio was saying. That's exactly what I think. That's what you were saying a few weeks ago when you had a, a little bit of an impassioned rant against Ndombele. And it doesn't look like anything has really changed, to be honest. And look, we've already given him far too much airtime across <laughs> multiple podcasts. So we should probably wrap that one up. Let's not give him the time of day any longer. Let's see what happens. It may well have been his last game, but let's see. Hopefully we don't need him and hopefully we can make some changes in the window or something and find an alternative solution. But at least the players that are in our first team came on and saved the day. A couple of nice goals. Well, both goals were class. Uh, yeah. Lucas's was, I mean, against any opposition, picking up the yeah, ball that was a sweet beating finish. that many players and scoring is lovely. And, yeah. It's just confident. And Harry Actually, Kane's. Elio, it's worth mentioning, you got a legit LOL out of me when you text the group saying Mora combed through their defence there. <laughs> that was very good. I, I, think, like I, that. That. I think our listeners will like that I one think, too. I think it was just confident, wasn't it? Well, that's what I, I thought of when I saw that goal. I just thought, well, mm. it just looked like he, it looked like he knew that he was going to score. It's like a training ground almost. It yeah. was like, this is, this is what it should be. Drifted past the keeper, passed it into the net, not a problem. And that's, you know. It's what we've been saying about yeah. Mora for the past, you know, couple of weeks. Confident, informed player doing what he does against an opposition that shouldn't be in trouble Absolutely. for him. And Kane's finish once again. Any mm. defence and any goalkeeper, that's still going in because the way he swivelled and shot in one movement, it's just, that's what you want to see from him. And it was a nice pass from the Celta, but he had a lot of work to do and it was it was just mm. so composed and so classy. And credit to Winks as well. Obviously, the goal was a fluke. But it was a good free kick either way. Yeah, that's the way they tell you to take yeah, those free if kicks. Yeah, no one touches it. They say aim for the sides of the net because if you aim for the sides of the net, it only needs a nick. He aimed for the sides yeah. of the net. The goalkeeper was wrong footed. It went in. Well done, him. Mm. Rafinha scored a similar one not long ago, didn't I he? Was Dave? About I to say exactly that. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's built his reputation on it. So can't be a bad <laughs> there you go. Care. You know, get into a dangerous area. Right. Well, look, we're through. We're in the next round. I think we've got Brighton at home in the next game, which is obviously Brighton a bit of a home. step up, but we'll see. We'll, we'll get on to talk about that in, in due time. But the other cup is, of course, the Carabao Cup. And we had uh, not our best game. Pretty disappointing. Elio, the 2-0 defeat away at Chelsea. Where does that rank in terms of all the disappointments we've experienced this season for you? <laughs> bit of a loaded question. There. <laughs> it wasn't like some of the earlier games where I was just feeling ambivalent because I do actually care yeah. at the moment. But at the same time... Knowing where we're thin in our squad, knowing where we've got injuries, knowing where the fixtures have been packed in, and also knowing what our upward trajectory is in the league right now, it didn't hurt as much as, well, the 3-0 reversal at home to Chelsea, for instance, earlier this season. It didn't really sting as much because, one, we've got Wednesday's match coming up where we can hopefully make up for it. But beyond that, it was a case of Chelsea were just much better than us from minute O. It was a bad performance, but it was a bad performance that, in my opinion, was a little bit out of character with the way we have been playing. We were a bit sloppy, we were a bit rushed, and and we really struggled with their press. And hats off to Chelsea, they played really, really well. Some concerning signs in it. Son's now injured, but he again looked just a shell of himself. Mm. Harry Kane barely touched the ball. Uh, I mean, so much talk about Kane and Lukaku. I think between them, they probably, yeah. their stat, they, them combined still had the fewest touches on the pitch, including goalkeepers. Mm. Tanganga, I, I am a little bit concerned about mm. just because he, he seemed to have so much promise, but something's just crept into him where he is making sort of mistakes that 
he wasn't before. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's lack of developmental time at a formative point, or maybe he's finding it hard in the new formation. Who knows? Mm. But um, and again but, today but, he was a little bit sluggish defending. He was a goal. bit sluggish. Other people might think Rodon was a little bit poor. Galini mm. maybe should have come for it, but he's just not looking great right now. And yeah. I, I think what I guess caught me out of it with the Chelsea game was the lack of intensity we showed, having shown so much intensity in other fixtures recently. Yeah, and I think we've got to give some credit to Chelsea as well because we knew going into that game, if they showed up and brought their A game, we'd be in trouble and we'd have a real game on our hands and it looked like they did and we didn't. I actually went back to Big Mike's email and asked him what his prediction was and how he was feeling about the Chelsea game and he said he might even settle for a narrow defeat in this game, which I think is pretty much what (laughs) what you suggested last time. And to be honest with you, at 1-0 after the first goal, they stepped up a gear and they carried on pressing, like you say. And I was sitting there thinking about 15 minutes in, I'll take this. Genuinely. Mm. And I think that speaks volumes. I don't know if you'll agree. I mean, I, you're, you're probably not really inclined to ever take a defeat in any circumstance. But, you know, realistically speaking, I think Chelsea actually eased off a bit towards the end of the game. And we were lucky to only um, come away with a result that could potentially be overturned. Do you think I'm being a bit harsh on us there? I think it could have been worse than it was. Yes, Chelsea's play could have merited that. I also think that their two goals were both farcical goals. Yeah. Well, one was an own goal and the one, other one was a free. pretty much an own yeah. goal anyway. I mean, yeah. I think you got to also look at that and think for all their brilliance, they didn't put us to the sword and that doesn't say mm. great things about them, but it maybe doesn't say that great things about Chelsea either. So, no, you're not being harsh, but... I don't think you could say 2-0 was unfair either. I did try and look for the XG, but I couldn't find it. But I think you're right. It wasn't a huge amount of opportunities as such. It was just a case of them having a lot of the ball. The possession was pretty high for a lot of the game. They won it in midfield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And, and that's always going to be their strength, isn't it? We've talked about how good their midfield was, and that was exactly mm. the same in the home game in the league as well. Dave, what did you make of that game? Do you think Spurs got away with coming out with only a 2-0 defeat in that? Yes, in short. I think I think yeah. you did get away with it, and and two nil mm. is the famous result <laughs> that you would have that would make what is it? you the nervous. most dangerous result in football. Exactly. So what happened in two thousand? Was it two thousand one? Two thousand two? Which one? You're gonna have to ask Elio. Semi final second leg against Chelsea. Oh, when we had the five one. Oh, yeah. That... Oh, the five one was a two one no, defeat. Was... We yeah. took the lead through Ferdinand. They overturned it to two one with an absolute screamer from Hasselbank, and then we battered them five one at the lane. So you just got to do that again. So easy peasy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no one gave us a chance going into that. Yeah, I think Chelsea, weirdly, they were excellent. And now they seem to be flattering to deceive. But mm. I'd be surprised if we overturned it. Surely no one's holding their breath first burst to overturn that in the second leg. But at the same time, it would not shock me. It's interesting because obviously we've got a big game coming up after that in Arsenal, which we'll talk about. They've got an away game at Man City as their next game right after their game against us. And I'm not saying Chelsea don't care about the Carabao Cup, but you know they're a team that won the Champions League last year. They've won leagues in recent memory. Do you think there's a chance they might rest a couple of players against us in the in the next game with the 2-0 lead? Because they, they'd have a right to. Maybe. I think it might shed quite a lot of light on what they think about the league, to be honest. The lineup mm. that comes up against you guys on Wednesday, mm. they're 10 points away from City. So they need to win that yeah. if anything's going to happen other than City walking away with the title. Mm. Exactly. The gap between them and City is the same as the gap between them and us. And they don't have two games in hand on City. Whereas we've got, I think, three yeah. actually on them. So, That's so point, yeah. 
I think Chelsea might think, well, let's get third and win a cup. That's better than finishing third and winning nothing. I don't think they're likely to rest against us Mm -hmm. uh, because if they do and we overturn it, then they will be absolutely torn apart, especially with it being against us. By the same token, Arsenal or not afterwards, I don't think Conte wants to go out of any competition with a whimper. So I, I, I no. do I do see him. Uh, I think he probably regrets having arrested team against Morecambe today. So <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure he's not going to do it against Chelsea. No, I don't expect us to arrest any players, certainly. I just thought maybe Chelsea might not value the competition quite as highly as perhaps we would, but we'll, we'll maybe see. Maybe you're right. I mean, Chelsea rotates anyway in the league. They, they do. They don't play the same teams and they've got fairly fit squad at the moment by the standards. So we'll see. Anyway, when Conte first came in, I remember we were talking about what players could do well, what players could struggle. And one player that you highlighted as somebody who you think could run into some trouble under Conte's system was Hoiberg, who I want to talk about for a bit because he's somebody that I saw single out quite a lot as a poor performer in an overall poor performance by the whole team, it must be said, but somebody who didn't have his best game against Chelsea by a long shot. And he's had a few poor performances recently, hasn't he? I know you've not been very impressed with him, despite him being a player that you've always stood up for. What do you think of him at the moment and what do you think his future is? I mean, I think his future is either a first choice with a smaller club than us Mm. or a more defensive side than us, or he'll end up being a squad option, which he'd be great for at Spurs. And I have no issue with him being that option, bring him on to shore things up, that kind of thing. Uh, It's a case of whether as a full international footballer who's played at uh, international tournaments, whether he's happy with that. But he he was truly atrocious the other day. And Mm. I think that performance almost showed up because it was the first time under Conte that, given that he wasn't available for the Liverpool match, it was the first time under Conte that he's played against real serious opposition in midfield, mm-hmm. real top-class midfielders. And they just danced around him, basically. Off the ball, he was second to everything. On the ball, he didn't have enough time to do anything with it. And while I don't want football to become this game of athletics first and skill second, his lack of agility and his lack of any kind of nimbleness in that part of the pitch really, really was shown up. Whereas Skip does bring that to the table. He's very lithe and very kind of quick off the mark. And he didn't play well either, by the way. He had a bad game as well against Mm. Chelsea, but part of it was because he was doing the work of two men because Hoybier was a passenger. So I don't want to keep hammering a player that for all intents and purposes, has wonderful attitude and is, is a leader mm. and is is someone who represents a little bit of what I do like about our club. But that showed why he can't be a long-term solution in our midfield. And hopefully either the continual form of Winks helps him get in or LaCelso's return from injury mm. gets built upon in a positive way as well. Because in terms of physique and style, those are two players that fit what I think Conte needs a bit more it's a case of whether they can offer the guts that Conte needs as well but right now I'd bet on either of them being a long-term Conte midfielder than Hoybier. Mm, yeah he did not have a good game you know what it reminded me of actually you know when you're playing FIFA and you're trying to select a player and the game just refuses to let you and they just stand there staring at the ball awkwardly while the ball just rolls around and the opposition takes it that's what it was like watching Hoiberg in that game but no to be fair I think he is somebody that I've always liked so it's sad to see him not having his best patch and he might turn it around but obviously not doing too well at the moment Dave looking ahead to the next Chelsea game obviously we've got to overcome a 2-0 deficit it's there for the taking we're not out we're not dead and buried yet we're not going to throw in the towel but how attacking would you go in this situation? It's a home game. 
2-0, we don't have to necessarily outscore them. We could always try and get a couple of goals. We could have extra time to work with. No away goals, of course. But what do you do with the lineup? Do you think just go with what's been working? Or do you think we need to go extra attacking in this situation against a team like Chelsea? Well, I am a uh, award-winning manager, as you know. So I should be able yeah. to answer this quite easily. Um, this is football manager. Yeah. <laughs> if this was football manager... What are you I saying in the dressing room? And what are you picking? I'd go full power for the first 15 okay. minutes. All with, out attack. Like they did to us, basically. Yeah, and really yeah. try and upset them, not let them settle, try and get a goal in that first 15, mm. 20 minutes. Because if you can do that, then it's game on, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what I would do. I don't necessarily think that's a formation or a strategy yeah. change. It's just a... It's the instruction. Instruction, the and it's yeah. a mindset in the sense that, you know, we're going for this. It's just that 10% extra aggressive in the tackle, yeah. first to the ball... Don't ever let the ball bounce, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's and you know, it's one on one stuff. But that's how I'd approach yeah. this because ultimately I think if you haven't scored a goal by half time, then that's the tie. Could well be. Elio, what's your team talk before that game? <laughs> what are you saying to the players and who are you putting in the team? I mean, who I'm putting in the team might be a case of who's fit and not playing absolutely horribly at the moment. In terms of what you're telling them, I think you're almost trying to forget the first leg and treat it just as a home match against Chelsea, which you would always want to win Mm. anyway. So there's no extra attack or anything like that. And in the day, you'll always set up in that game as Spurs to win that match. And that's what we should do it and go from there. Ultimately, if we play like a team that's 2-0 2-0 down, then desperation will creep in and Chelsea will be able to take advantage. Or lose 4-0. Well, exactly. Um, I think you need to set out to stamp your identity on the match, which we absolutely did not do in the first game. You need to try and take control over it early on. If you haven't scored by the 15th or 20th minute, you can't start getting jittery, If you even if mm. you haven't scored by half-time. I mean, look at Lucas Moura's hat-trick away to Ajax. It, it, it only takes a second for the ball to cross the line at the end of the day. You still have to stick with the game plan thing is the second we get one goal if we get one goal that's when Chelsea start potentially getting a bit jittery start thinking more about protecting Mm. their aggregate lead than trying to get back into the tie so we should be going out to dominate the thing is Yes, we have a good manager who's tactically very astute, but so do Chelsea. And he's obviously got match point at the moment. So we need to get it back to juice and then build from there. Do you see them potentially sitting back early on or do you think they're going to try and get another goal? Why would they do the opposite of what had them absolutely bossing us about the other day? I imagine Chelsea will do the exact same thing and we're the ones that have to do something different. And I imagine that's all Conte's been thinking about since Wednesday. Yeah, Tuchel's football manager team talk is, you were great last time out. I want to see you pick up where you left off last time, yeah? Well, yeah. Fair enough. Everything comes back to football manager. We're all experts on that. But in terms of personnel, I mean, in terms of the team, I mean, you mentioned there could be a couple of injuries, a couple of people off form, but would you fundamentally change the system? Would you put in an extra attacking midfielder at the expense of Skip or Hoiberg, or probably Hoiberg in this situation? For example, would you give anybody any specific instructions that would be different to a regular game if this was just a standard league match? We've got two foot forwards, so it's a given that both Kane and Lucas are starting. Yeah, He has a decision to make because Son's injured, Bergwijn's injured, slash linked away quite heavily. Yeah. We've got an out-of-form Hoiberg, a young Skip, a non-existent and Dombele, uh, Delhi, who's sort of going through the motions himself, mm. Lacelso coming back from fitness, and obviously Harry Winks doing all right every time he gets a lesser match, but not actually breaking into the first team. I think, once again, I've said it a few times in a row now, 
give Harry Winks the game. He's never been my favourite player, as you know. I've always found him very yeah. pedestrian. But give Harry Winks the game with Skip. And then you have a choice between do you throw in Brian Hill to play up top with Son and Kane? Or do you throw in a third midfielder to think, okay, mm. Skip and Winks with Malhoibia may be a bit light. So let's have three midfielders to try and take control. Yeah. And that's what I would do. Same as we did against Liverpool. That time it was Winks, Delhi, and Hoibia. If he's fit enough, almost by virtue of the fact that he's none of Hoibia, Delhi, or Ndombele, I'd yeah. go with Lacelso for it. He's it's a low bar. Well, it's almost a case of players become better when they're not in the team, don't they? So, yeah. so mm. because you forget how poor they were before. But there's a bit of recency bias against the others, I guess. But he's the one I'd put in, not just because of the fact that I don't think any of the others are up to it right now. But to tell mm. you the truth, he offers the most pace, the most energy, and the most sort of all-round game of a lot of them as well. So it could work, and mm. he could do a lot of the pressing that you're not going to get out of winks for instance do you think when it comes to Chelsea do you think there's any point trying to sort of outmatch or go man for man with their midfield or do you think you just have to accept that that's an area they're always going to have the upper hand in and try try a different strategy maybe play down the wings or maybe play along more or something I mean I know you don't like adjusting your tactics or your team for your opposition you want to play your game and bring it to them but do you think there's something to be said about picking your battles against a team like that their midfield's going to contain at least two, potentially all three, of Kovacic, Kante and Jorginho. Yeah. Um, you, so don't, you don't beat that. I don't think... Not with our squad. I think trying to stop them will be folly, to tell you the truth. Mm. I think stopping them getting the ball would be a clever way to do things. I don't know if Rhys James is going to be available or not. I'm assuming that they're, they're still going to be without chill. Well, I don't, he's injured long-term, isn't he? So yeah. I, I'd I saw say 25% that, chance of playing... From my fantasy football app. <laughs> so whatever that means. So I'd go to stop them getting the ball to their midfield in the first place. But mm. if I knew how to do that, then I'm sure I'd be the one on a 15 million <laughs> a year contract, not Conte. Give yourself time, Eddie. You're still young. <laughs> you mentioned a lot of players there, specifically in the midfield. And there are a lot of players in our squad in general who I think a lot of Spurs fans probably wouldn't shed too many tears over were they to be shipped out. Maybe as good a time as any to talk about transfers and talk about the January window. We're in the window now. No activity so far. Obviously, a couple of teams start to do deals. Conte was interviewed after the Chelsea game and in his still somewhat broken English, he seemed to suggest that our squad's not good enough to compete with the likes of Chelsea, which you know, I think some of us might say is fair. But I think there was a veiled claim that we do need to strengthen in there somewhere without sort of throwing his players under the bus Mourinho style there seemed to be a suggestion that we need to bring in players and we've talked all along about how we're going to bring in players in January and certainly at the end of the year let's talk about transfers because we're at a point now where things are materially starting to happen and there are a few things that are beyond just fanciful rumors what's your understanding of the current state of play inwards and outwards of the transfer window from Spurs perspective right now um, I mean, going off of papers, going off of fresh reports, both domestically and overseas, and and also going off of sort of the ever-wonderful in the nose on in yeah. the world of internet forums, yeah. and there are some that are better than others, mm. it looks like we are trying to get two or three in, and we're trying to ship roughly the same amount, maybe a little bit more out at the moment. I think it's almost a case of if your name is anything other than Kane, Son or Lloris, you've got a price. And yep. if your name is Ndombele or Delhi or Rodon or even uh, Doherty, I'm trying to yep. block his name out of my head, um, <laughs> then the club are actually actively trying to get you out. Uh, strong rumours linking Bergwijn out as well. Yeah, and Fabrizio Romano said that he's on his way out, didn't he? He did. And Romano and Di Marzo, for once, 
are actually going to be in the know with all things Spurs because they are very close with Paratici, Paratici who yeah. is our sporting director. So what we don't know is whether Paratici is telling them what he wants us to hear or whether he's actually giving them exact things because at the end of the day, mm. he's got a reputation of spinning many, many plates at once until going for his preferred target. Last time that happened, that almost landed us Gattuso and did land us Nuno Espirito Santo. So I'm not <laughs> sure I'm a big fan of the methods, but uh, let's see what January brings i think yeah. it's a given that we're after someone to offer a bit more dynamism down the right hand side yeah i think i think conte would really like a center back and uh i think a forward of some description whether it was a center forward or a wide forward but just another source of goals would be high up on the shopping list as well let's talk about that right hand side let's talk about adama Troyo race not the first time we've been linked with him but i think now for the first time i'm seeing multiple sources that seem pretty convinced that it's all but done it's there to be finalized i think the player wants to come i think it's a case of just crossing the t's and dotting the i's on the actual details potentially with dotty going back the other way back to wolves one of the most divisive players in Premier League, I would say, Trial Ray, because he's very exciting. He gets the ball, he drives forward, he's terrifying to play against. The numbers don't really do him any favours, though. Um, Dave, I'm curious to hear what you think about Trial Ray, because I'm sure you've watched enough of him and you'll have an opinion, as everyone does. But he seems to split people quite a lot. There are the people who think he's just all flair and no end products, and there are other people that think he could be an asset to every team. Where do you sit on that debate? I think he's definitely an impact player. I think he could definitely make a difference to a team like Spurs. I think it was interesting the Euros, wasn't it? When he was he was in the Spain squad. Mm. Who was it? When Jose Enrique he never used him. Yeah. So he, it's not that he, kind he of like, player, though, like, is he? Really? Yeah, but he never used him. Which asks the question: Why do you pick him if you're not going to play mm. him off the bench when you're not winning games? Which, quite frankly, Spain struggled through the Euros. Yeah. It was quite a difficult watch, to be honest. So that was a strange one. Interesting that he got in the squad, but then wasn't used for his prime purpose, wasn't barely used at all. But I think the fact that he got into the squad says something about the form that he had. The fact that he didn't start, however, or he didn't even get involved in those games, probably says something else. Now, obviously, this is only relevant if you take any stock in what Luis Enrique thinks, but... I think you would argue that someone who makes their way into a squad as a certain type of player and then isn't used for that purpose when that purpose is required means that he's potentially not as great a player as he he thought he was going to be. Now, that could be nonsense, but Wolves were good. Wolves were bad. Wolves are recovering. I think the time to buy him was in the summer. Mm. I think you'll probably have to pay a little bit more than you would want to pay now, now that Wolves are performing, but... Well, apparently it's about 20 million or so. You're not going to get 20 Rumour has it that he's refusing to sign a deal. He has 18 months left. And, well, George Mendes, Mm. who wields a lot of influence at Wolves, is beginning to throw his weight around. How true any of that is or not, I don't know. But 18 months left, depreciating asset, it could work in our favour. I mean, we ended up, all right, it was with six months left, Mm. but we ended up selling Christian Eriksen for about 20 million a few months after Edin Hazard, who had almost an identical Premier League career to Christian Eriksen, went for 90 or something. So contract value does come into it as well. Mm. I think Trauer 
as one of three forwards wouldn't excite me particularly yeah. because it's another player that doesn't really have end product in that part of the pitch. We yeah. we, we have enough of those. We've got plenty but of that, yeah. Traore as a white wing has, back though. He's played there before, not much, but he has mm. played there before. But if you actually look at the last time we did well with wing backs, it was with Rose and Walker yeah. at wing back in Pochettino's three four three. It had Ericsson and Delhi either side of Kane up front. So not a lot of pace up front in Ericsson, Kane and Delhi, but mm. you had Rose and and not that much creative team midfield either by the way with Dembele and Wanyama but you've got Walker and Rose who didn't actually get many assists or anything like that but they got us up the pitch in transition they got us up the pitch so quickly and that Mm. was against teams that parked the bus against us because we were a possession-based team back then as well you'll remember I mean Dembele by himself was worth 25% possession a game and Kyle Walker isn't a particularly great passer of the ball or crosser of the ball or anything like that but the mere fact that he could carry the ball four or five times a game 70-80 yards up the pitch was invaluable to that side because all of a Mm. sudden Ericsson would get the ball in loads of space and make something pretty happen. And once again, also, he's not exactly known for his defensive brilliance, Walker, either. He's basically an athlete up and down. He's much better defensively now than he used to be when he was with us. Pep's actually improved him in that respect. But when you're playing three centre-backs, you're less reliant on those full-backs to defend anyway. So I think if the intention for Traore is to essentially make up for our lack of craft in the middle by giving us someone to carry the ball in transition, then I see the logic behind it. However, there's a lot of question marks on a guy that's been in the Premier League this long and isn't even a guaranteed starter with Wolves. And Mm. apart from one really good season when Jimenez was basically mopping up everything that came his way, hasn't ever really produced the goods in the league. So so I'm torn on it. I'm excited by him. He's a great dribbler. He's obviously exciting to watch. But... Will it be another player that flatters to the sea for us? Hmm, if we get him, I'll back him like I do with every signing. But And I'm sure he'll be a damn sight more useful than Ndombele. But it's got question marks. Do you think maybe his lack of any product, specifically with the assists, could be down to his teammates? You know, not to slaughter the Wolves team too much, but obviously Raul Jimenez was never quite the same since his injury. And when he was fit a couple of years back, he was actually getting quite a few goals off of Traore's crosses. And I've always thought his delivery into the box is okay, if not spectacular. But what do you think is the reason that he doesn't have that finishing touch? He's just not a very composed player. Basically, mm. but is, is that he, something that Conte can fix? I mean, cause we, we've made similar observations about Mora, and they're obviously different players, but they have parallels in the sense that we've seen that Mora now is creating and scoring goals. Do you think that with a few months under Conte, he got into a very different type of player going forward? I'm not sure it's something that has to be fixed. He came mm. on against Man United the other day. United had come back into the game at that point. They just brought on uh, Bruno Fernandes, and for the first time in the game, were on top of Wolves. They brought on Traore. Man United defence was pinned back for the rest of their game. And I think that would always be the thinking with someone. And Wolves' goal came from a cross that was poorly headed out from a trial across straight to Nevis, who who whacked it in. Now, obviously, you shouldn't be relying on defenders to make rubbish headers. You shouldn't be relying on playing against Phil Jones every week. But the reason defenders make mistakes like that Mm. is because they're put under immense amounts of pressure. And that's what Traore did. So I was going to say that's really harsh on Phil Jones. He played really well, but f*** it, it's Man United. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come on, who are you? What have you done with me? (laughs) I would say say, it brings an interesting point because I think there's something else going around at the moment about James Ward-Prowse and the, the value of the special team, so to speak. You know, from a Dave Challoner, the guy that was amazing at throw-ins. Yeah, he, he can consistently that. throw it onto the penalty spot. 
Yeah. Are we getting to the point where the Premier League and the top teams in the Premier League are so good or, you know, they see an opportunity and they can just bring on the pacey guy up top to pin back the defence or bring on the set-piece specialist because Mm. he seems to be getting more fouls than normal? It's an interesting question. I think even though they're completely different, I think Ward-Prowse and Traore aren't a million miles (laughs) apart in terms of I'm still value. not following this entirely, Dave. I've got to be honest. What's Traore's specialty in this scenario? Traore's specialty is exactly what Elliot said. The ability to, A, frighten the life out of defences, yeah. and B, pin them back. I by see, pinning I them see. back, you're creating the space between the midfield and the defence. And by creating the space, you're allowing other people to play. I think there's definitely something to be said. Whenever you watch Traore, you, you do see that he is a focus for defences and he draws one or two players to him whenever he's on the ball because he scares teams. Mm. And that yeah. will inevitably create more space for Son, Kane, Lucas, whoever else is in the team. Exactly. I guess the question is, is he just going to be the same trial we've seen or is he going to adapt slightly to a new role and are we going to see him improve and, and take his game to another level? But either way, I think it's going to be exciting. Well, he'll have the best manager he's ever had at developing players. Someone who turned Victor Moses and even Perisic into top wingbacks yep. in their leagues. And that can only bode well. He's definitely younger than Perisic was when Conte got a hold of him. Not sure how old Moses was. Mm. Uh, so I think there's a lot to like about that potential transfer. And I know that if I'm lining up at left back for Liverpool and I'm Andy Robertson and yeah. I, I can see that guy yeah. on my opposite side. You'll think twice flank, about bombing be- forward. Exactly. I'll be very hesitant about leaving that space behind me because all I need to do is get forward. <laughs> You're not catching him, are you? One ball over. The, he's the fastest player in the league. Yeah. And the most... Pa- that's the thing. It's the and the strongest the and the henchiest player and the oiliest player in the league. <laughs> Aaron Lennon was as quick as Traore, but <laughs> yeah, he was, he like was also... Traore's breakfast. Yeah, he was the size of a, a child. <laughs> so, so this guy can't be kicked and bullied off the ball so yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of upsides but there's also obvious question marks and potentially the best part of it could be that Matt Doherty goes back to Wolves as well you know they have the, the slam dunk contest in the, in the US <laughs> in, the, in the NBA yeah. Yeah. why don't they have like just a one on one a sprint a sprint contest in the Premier League <laughs> sprint with the ball just why, why don't you just say right okay Adama Traore who are the fastest players in the league Adama Traore Dan James Everyone right. would love that. I would love um, to see that. Son, he's pretty fast, isn't he? Yeah. Get I'd them, get a... them all in a row, and say, right, okay, knock out, let's go. It's like a drag race. I'm all People for that, Dave. Pay to see that. Who do we ask to make that happen? <laughs> I would pay to see that. I'm all for it. I think maybe Ferrari even a wins. fight. I mean, the guy's built like a hundred meters. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got he's the same body absolute shape. unit. He's got the same body shape as Maurice Green. You thought you were about to say same body shape as me, so he must be fast. Eddie has gone to the gym twice, and now he thinks he's priority. I'd, I'd quite Three like times. to see a, I'd quite like to see a, a Premier League Royal Rumble. Although I suspect the winner would be the same in that as well for a trial <laughs> involved. Yeah, low centre of gravity. <laughs> yeah. Not if Ibrahimovic. Not if <laughs> yeah. was back if in he league. was in there, then definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we we've gone wildly off, of course, haven't we? Um, we definitely Elio, need to do a Premier League Royal Rumble. <laughs> I, I think we should put it to a vote. Actually, I think we should just maybe pick one player from each team and just put them in and, and ask people to vote mm. on who would win. Elio, you mentioned earlier that you think Conte is looking for a centre-back. You think he might be looking for another centre-mid and potentially another striker. Are there any other rumours that are looking potentially likely at the moment from what you've read? The one that we're always constantly linked to is Vlaovic. Mm. You know, my views, I think that ship has sailed. But there is a feeling that the reason we're not going for him now is because he doesn't want to leave Fiorentina until the summer and see out the season. Mm. And that if we were in the Champions League, the appeal of Conte would be big for him because he sees Conte as someone who can develop him to be the best striker in the world. Now, 
This is unquoted and unsubstantiated from the World Wide Web. So I I have no idea if it is true. Mm. And even if it were true, what's to say that Manchester City miss out on Mbappe to Real Madrid and Haaland chooses Manchester United because they've gone and offered 150 million. They need a statement. uh, (laughs) Dave's wagging his finger furiously. (laughs) There's no way Haaland's going to Man United. Erling Haaland supports, right? Exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, do you think or he's gone to Leeds. Do you think he'll come on the show, Dave? He's not going to come to Leeds. He's not going to come to Leeds. Do you think he'll come on the Plus Dave podcast? Let's just clarify. I'm not an idiot. I know that Haaland isn't <laughs> going to sign for Leeds, but he's not going to sign for Man United. I really hope you're right. I really do. <laughs> so, yeah, Manchester City are suddenly left needing a striker. Yeah. Vlavic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or Barcelona have money again. Vlavic. Yeah. Or PSG needs to replace Mbappe. <laughs> Vlavic needed uh, to happen the, last the, summer, didn't it, realistically? There are so many more reasons why we won't get him than why we yeah. would. Well, let's hope Arsenal don't get him because he's linked to Arsenal as well. I don't necessarily think Vlavic is a big enough name for some of the clubs that you've just said there. That's maybe I a think, good point. I think, there's a, the, I think Real Madrid might have a bit of a... Luka Jovic. Jovic? Yeah, Jovic. A bit of a hangover from Jovic. That didn't go well at it all, was, did it? It was a, a league which is seen as a lesser mm, league and yeah. he absolutely tore it up in the Bundesliga and then he went to Real Madrid and the end. Yes, from that story. Yeah. I, and I think if PSG needs to replace Mbappe... He's not Galactico enough for them, is he? I wouldn't be shocked, actually, especially if Pochettino is still in charge to see them go for Harry. Yep. Well, yeah. Let's see. Or, um, or Ronaldo. Or Ronaldo. Yeah. At the age of almost 40. Exactly. Yeah, but what, what a wonderful media story that would be. Ronaldo and Messi together. <laughs> could it happen? I don't know if they'd want to. Maybe, maybe that's just another massive cash cow for them, isn't it? Imagine the arguments over every single penalty. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious, actually. One of them would get in their contract. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Probably Ronaldo. You take home penalties, I take away penalties. Well, I, when Messi played one of his first games for PSG, I saw him being the man lying down under the wall for a free kick. I was thinking, you'd never see Ronaldo doing that, would you? Messi actually gives mm. away quite a few penalties to his teammates, so I think Ronaldo would be taking all of those, personally. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go and talk about Arsenal, because obviously, that's that's our next league game and a huge one so we'll get on to that but just quickly Elio any players you really want to see leave this January <laughs> how long have you got <laughs> get out my I did club. say quickly <laughs> um it rhymes with <laughs> Fondombele Tom Bele John Bele Ron Bele what about Pelly Dally <laughs> All right, okay. I'll always remember the deli of his first three seasons. Yeah, you're being sentimental now. Just pick three that are shipped out, assuming we were going to replace them or bring in three. Yeah, assuming we, we replace assuming them. Assuming we bring in three um, players that leave us in a healthy spot. Which three are you getting rid of? Uh, Doherty mm-hmm. to replace with, let's say, Traore. Yep. I get rid of Bergwijn to replace with someone with more outputs, whether that's assists or goals for the front three. Mm-hmm. And I replace Ndombele with any good crafty CM, someone like Brozovic or something like that. That, that Those are my three. I think yep. you put those three in our sides and we're one of the best teams in the league. There you go. Let's see if it happens. Dave, do you think any of the Spurs players are doomed? Well, there's there's a lot of reverb around in Dumbley and Bergwijn mm. at the moment, isn't there? So... I don't think I don't think nobody's gonna nobody's gonna cry if either of those leave. But I think um, (laughs) it'll be interesting to see what happens if they bring another centre back in because obviously you've got Romero Mm. who's going to be coming back from injury. So Hmm. so maybe you might actually see one of the uh, one of the more younger centre backs like Tanganga or Roden actually going, if not on permanent on. Roden's not getting a look in, is he? He just seems to not be in in the reckoning at all. I mean, based on today, I'm not surprised either. (laughs) He was really really bad first half, made quite a few mistakes, including giving away the corner. Needlessly, that led to 
their yeah. goal and potentially being a bit at fault for their goal. But first game in Donkey's years. It's clear Conte doesn't fancy him. He's probably got a bit of value attached to him. I could easily see someone like Newcastle or Brighton's the rumour that's usually attached to him going for him. I'd be sorry to lose Tanganga, but I'm also getting more and more sceptical about his chance of success with us. So if either or both of them went and were replaced with really one good centre-back, not even world-class or horrible words like that, just a good centre-back, particularly a left-footed one, then I think that would improve us a lot. Well, let's see. I'm sure this is not the last time we're going to talk about the transfer market. We're going to have a few more weeks of this yet, so we'll uh, we'll put a pin in that for now. Uh, let's talk about Arsenal, shall we? Let's talk about Arsenal, mm. our next league opponents. Team here on form. Obviously, they lost their last game against a very good Man City side, but before that, they'd won five in a row. They're flying in the league. It's not a great time to be playing them. I mean, we didn't have the best of luck last time out. Obviously, Dave predicted we were going to walk all over them and come out with an easy win and then doomed us to failure. And we ended up losing, (laughs) was it 3-1 that game? And it wasn't a flattering 3-1 either. We were awful, but we're a different team now. Elio, how do you see that game going? I think it's a game that's going to say a lot about both sides because I think both sides have had relatively favourable runs Mm. recently and picked up a lot of wins along the way. That's true. Yeah. I actually think Arsenal played very well, like you said, against Manchester City. and were Yeah. By, I mean, Pep, Pep admitted that the uh, team, Arsenal deserved to win that mm. game in the same way that we deserve to beat Liverpool. Both yep. teams' best performances were against their toughest opposition in recent times. Mm. They've obviously got a couple of young players in Smith Rowe, and particularly Taka, playing uh, exceptionally well. Odegaard is coming into his own. Yep. As well, from our point of view, Harry Kane's picking up the pace a little bit. He's looking better every time he plays. Lucas is obviously on incredible form. So I don't really think I know what's going to happen in in a week. My heart will always tell me we'll win. My head will always tell me that it's going to go tits up because we're Spurs. (laughs) Um, so, So it's a hard one to call. I think the sides are probably the closest together they've been since we first leapt above mm. them under Pochettino. If I actually know it, because when we first went above them, they had a dramatic sort of off-a-cliff-style decline, yeah. whereas yeah. we actually suddenly shot up. I'd say this is the closest we've been in about a decade mm. when they were fourth every year and we were fifth every year and we were going down to the last day yeah. with them uh, Gay, very regularly. So I think this match will say a lot about both sides. My gut is that if you looked at who has the best players, we probably have maybe three of the five best players between the two sides. But if you actually look at who's the more kind of complete team, it's probably them. So mm. so, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. They're scoring a lot of goals as well. And they seem to be playing sort of quite fearlessly. And they have that whole, it's that youth factor, isn't it? I mean, we're not an old team by any means, but they actually have the youngest squad in the league at the moment. And some of those mm. highest performing players are the kids. And... They've recently got rid of Aubameyang as well, which was bold and a bit of a statement from the manager as well. So taking the captaincy off him with everything that had been going on. But they're kind of a team in transition. I mean, I, I don't want to... I'm almost reluctant to talk about them too much because there's always that conflict, isn't there, as a Spurs fan, where you, you don't want to give Arsenal the time of day. You don't want to admit that you're threatened by them because you just want to say, oh, who cares about Arsenal? They're beneath our notice. We're only focusing on ourselves. But not just as a local rivalry in the history. I think they probably have been over the last maybe 10 years from a footballing perspective our closest rivals like you say and we've finished ahead of them what five years in a row now 
And now suddenly it's, uh, yeah. it's a bit. 16, 17, 18, it was the Leicester season yeah. the last time they pipped us on the last day, wasn't it? So, And now it's starting to look like you wouldn't bet against them finishing above us this year. Dave, I'm not going to ask you to predict the score because that went horribly for us last time. But what do you make of Arteta's Arsenal? Because you weren't particularly complimentary of Arteta last time we discussed him. You didn't seem to have been convinced by them. But he's, he's had a good run since then. He's starting to implement his own style a little bit. What do you make of that team at the moment? I think that... Are you going to apologise to Mikel Arteta? Uh, no, oh no! I watched his post match today. He said, "No, not for me. No, not for okay. me." Um, <laughs> but I think I think you've been too nice. They've lost to Everton. I agree, actually. I They've do. lost to Everton recently. Mm. Has anybody else seen what else Everton are doing at the moment? Naffle yeah. is the answer. They managed to beat Hull after extra time. Well, you know, with the right-footed screamer from left footed Andros Townsend. You, you know, Neil McCann, <laughs> a manager of Hull, he always looks to me like like someone who's won a prize and doesn't really know what he's doing <laughs> in the in the, in the dugout. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's that's just some anti-Hull agenda stuff. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, they lost to Everton. They lost to Man United, which, yeah, eight, ten years ago would have been the norm. But now yeah. Arsenal should be beating Man United. It's and worth mentioning the teams that they have beaten recently. I'd said they won five in a row, but those were Norwich, Sunderland, exactly. Leeds. Sorry, Dave, but they're not in the No, it's fine. We, we, uh, we had kids. West Ham, <laughs> West Ham and Southampton. West Ham was a, was a, a bit of a... West Ham a result, is, the only, is the only, what I would even say, they had a sending really off. good result, which I think was a, was a bit of a stand-up and, and, yeah. and listen result. I think Arsenal are winning the games that they should win most of the time. Yeah. I think they're losing the games that you expect them to lose. And I think there is very, 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 very little to tell me that they are going to be a top four team this season. They are moving in the right direction though, aren't they? And I think the thing that scares me with Arsenal at the moment is not necessarily this season, but it's the fact that, as I said earlier, so many of their best performing players are so young. And if we say that a prime period of a player's career typically these days is, you know, maybe 26 to 30, shall we say, they've got a lot of really high performing players that are younger than that at the moment. We've got a few. We've got a few as well. We might bring some in. But if you look at this kind of unit that they're developing over the next five years or so, I think there's a blueprint there for them to become a, a bit of a force. I mean, they spent 50 million on Ben White, who is a good defender. He's okay. Maybe and, not 50 million worth, and, but English. And he, will, and he will be a good defender for 10 years. Yeah. Both um, their defenders are good. Uh, Aaron Ransdale is a, well, funny goalkeeper. I quite like him. But Saka won't be at Arsenal in three years' time. Oh, you don't think so? Smith Rowe will be at Arsenal in three years' time. Yeah, I don't think well Arsenal, do, though. I don't, That's the thing. I don't think Arteta... It's Arteta. We need to check ourselves. <laughs> He's a disciple here. of Guardiola. It's, it's Mikel Arteta. It's, it's a man with zero experience, and you've got Antonio Conte. You need to have a word with yourselves, guys. I'm, I know, <laughs> I know that, I know that you got beat last time, but that was then, and that was Nuno, and this is now, and you've got Conte, hey, and you've got decent start players, Dave. and 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 they, yeah, but. Why does he have to start Arsenal? That's insane. Arsenal is supposed to be a big club. Why have they got this this complete novice in charge? Sorry, there's everything wrong with football is happening is is happening in the <laughs> Premier League. The yeah. Lampard club last legends. season was bad. Yeah. You know, mm. there, there was uh, the Guardian Weekly were talking about Everton and the plight they're in and saying that it is absolutely tailor made for Wayne Rooney. Are you <laughs> effing? Crazy! Are you out of your minds? It's not tailor-made for Henry. It's tailor-made for a manager who play, who's With done experience. his dues, got the yeah. experience, and he's ready to step up. Kind of like David Moyes did when he when he got to Everton after paying his dues and working really hard and going through press exactly. to get to Everton and then to Man United, and it didn't work out. And that's you know that's a different story. But it's it's just 
insane that we think that, what it's insane that you think that <laughs> Arsenal are, are doing really well because they're not they're winning games that they should be winning they're losing some games they should be winning and they're losing the games that they should be losing they are performing in the like calendar year they're fourth in the last in the calendar year the last year they're, they're fourth that's not bad got to have some respect for them there I mean yeah that's better than no fifth. I take your point and I take your point with the Arteta thing maybe they've gone a bit of a run because I, I was going to say a minute ago like the problem is everyone always points to Guardiola as the example of the club legend gone back in his first job and done really well but the difference is as everyone knows obviously he was in charge of the B team for a long time and he inherited one of the best teams in the history of world football granted he made it better and he mm. made some changes okay I'm not one of these people that thinks Guardiola anyone would have won with that team but the problem is though, that everybody thinks that everybody's Guardiola yeah that's the problem that's my point and it, it is a thing. And I used to think that about Arteta, but I'm starting to begrudgingly give him a little bit of respect. Elio, what do you think? Um, I mean, they've somewhat more impassionedly said what, <laughs> what I said, that I think Sorry. both teams are Thanks, kind guys. of winning the games that they should be winning. Don't, yeah. don't apologise, I love it. They've got a few um, buttons, I've noticed. I like this. Your, your, your hatred of football nepotism <laughs> is, is superb. I was actually going to throw in Duncan Ferguson's name as a yeah. more uh, suitable Everton manager than he, Wayne he was their manager at least he's minutes, done the yeah, I would probably I would probably agree yeah. with that. At least he's done the youth and he did well when he had his caretakers. I'd, I'd never argue well. you wouldn't um, you wouldn't disagree with him in the tunnel, would you? The yeah, you absolutely room. wouldn't. Um, do you think do you think Ndombele would have stormed for... down the tunnel if, if Duncan Ferguson was his manager? He got a headbutt. <laughs> oh dear. I think in terms of Arsenal, they do have these talented young players. Mm. In terms of overtaking us, if they do. I'd say it's more down to us cocking things up royally than it is to them being any great shapes because we've got the infrastructure and the potential to be a title-challenging side, which I don't believe they do have. But we have had three years of poor decisions. I don't want to use a term like mismanagement because, to tell you the truth, it is not easy. And if it was, then we'd all be doing it and all be a lot better off than we are in our lives. So uh, that's the second. I promise I don't have money worries. That's the second say. money illusion I've made today. But um, but uh, I was listening to last week's podcast earlier and moments after saying, I fat shame too much this, em- <laughs> uh, this episode. <laughs> I referred to Chimbonda as hauling his fat ass off the pitch against uh, Chelsea in that final. So I, I clearly you're, you're setting your ways, don't know when to stop. Basically, yeah, yeah, you're, you're too old I to am, change but, now. Uh, I just think that that we have the potential to hand them North London superiority by being that quote unquote Spursy. Mm. But I don't think we should. I think, like Dave said, we've got a far better manager. We still have Lloris Son, all right, Son's injured, Kane, etc. Players that are real sort of top dollar, real sort of box office players. And I think if we get it right, we finish above them again this season. I mean, we're two points behind with two games in hand, so so it's in our hands. However, we are we are Spurs. <laughs> we are. That's what let's ne- let's never forget we are Spurs. Uh, Elio, I know you despise combined 11s with a passion. I'm not going to force you into doing one, but out of their players, I mean, are there any that you think you would definitely put into our team if everyone's fit? Saka without a shadow of a doubt, as yep. well as Lucas has been doing. You put Saka on the right of Kane and Smith Son. Rowe on form, you can't ignore him. Yep, uh, Smith Rowe gives us that creativity that I've been begging mm. us for. Um, what about the defenders? Are there any of the any of Gabriel, Tomiyasu, Ben White, even that we get us in? I feel like Emerson and Tomiyasu are quite interchangeable. Mm. Ben White, 
is going to be a very good player, is already a good player. I still prefer Eric Dyer. I yeah. still prefer Romero at this point in time. That may change in time. Ben White's, ben, White's, ben, White's is, ben White's a ball-playing defender. He'd be on the left or right, I think. Probably, yeah. Well, if you put Ben White on the left, then I guess you could say that's not great on Davis, but mm. Davis has been doing very well. Uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, um, Tierney over Regulon. Yeah, Kieran Tierney would be a, a very... He'd suit the system as well. He'd work in that. In that exactly. I mean, two. I like Reguilon a lot, but Tierney is probably the second best left back in the league. So, mm. so, so yeah, I think I think that one would be fair. I think, though, unfortunately, where they do trump us is in midfield, and that's the most important part of the team. If you gave me the choice of having eight top class outfield players, but two bog standard average central midfielders, or two exceptional central midfielders and eight box standards mm. every other position in the pitch. I choose the two top class central midfielders. Yeah, that's where games are won and lost, yeah. That, that, that's what makes a team. That's what improves every other player on the pitch. And right now they are superior to us in that department. And whether it's because their manager has the right system for their players and we don't yet because our manager has only just come in and needs to buy someone or whether it's because they are just playing better who knows but that's where we need to avoid losing the battle in a week's time fair enough right was there anything else you guys wanted to throw in about any of the games we've discussed so far because i know there's quite a lot we've got through we've got through the morricone game we've got through two chelsea games an arsenal game quite a lot seems to be happening every week at the moment fixtures are flying in but anything else that you think is worth i'm just going to cycle back to a brilliant suggestion i made to myself in my head (laughs) earlier um when we were talking about our it was we were talking about our FA Cup draw at home to Brighton, who we also have a postponed league game against um, oh, yeah. from for COVID well, reasons. Why not play league and FA Cup all in one match? <laughs> kill two birds with one stone. I like that. I like that. Do you think they'd go for that? No. I feel like that's money out of somebody's pocket somewhere, isn't it? So It's money out of Sky's pocket, but yeah. it would be brilliant entertainment, especially if uh, <laughs> it was a league match that couldn't be a draw and had to be decided on penalties. Fantastic. I feel like that's the way it's going, though. There have been so many postponed fixtures. We're going to get to a point at some point this year, not just Spurs, but a lot of teams are going to be having to fit in about five or six games in a week at one point. We're going to have to just say, mm-hmm. all right, this game counts for two, or whatever, something like that. <laughs> I will say one thing. And this is completely non-Spurs related, but I've got to be in my bonnet about it. Leicester's next league match has been postponed Mm -hmm. because of the combination of COVID, injuries and African Cup of Nations. Well, if it was all COVID, fair enough, but it's not. I think they've apparently only got eight of their registered squads available. I don't care. You chose to sign African players and they're now playing at a tournament you you knew was going to happen. You have players injured. So what? If it was all injuries, then you wouldn't be getting any dispensation. So the fact that some of them happen to be COVID-related, that is not reason to postpone the game. Play your fucking youth team. Um, Dave wants to say something. <laughs> Please say something, Dave. I completely agree with what Elio is saying. <laughs> yeah. I am very interested. Now, we've got our Liverpool game on Boxing Day mm. was postponed because of COVID. On our part, we had, I think it was yeah. about 15 people down with COVID at one point. I'll be fascinated to see mm. whether that is rescheduled before or after their players from the African Cup of Nations come back. And that's all I have to say about that. So, Dave, are you going to be cheering for Senegal and Egypt in the African Cup of Nations? No, because I think it's absolutely rigged anyway, and it will be played <laughs> as soon as they're back. Okay. Well, challenge, Elio. Well, I'll tell you what I was just about to say, Dave, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to ask you for some predictions. I want you to tell me what the result's going to be against Arsenal and where the two teams are going to finish in the league. Come on. Um, I think you should beat them. Okay. 3-1? I said should. 
um, I think I think you'll beat them. I think okay. if Conte, I mean, I really want you to beat them because if Conte, mm. as a seasoned world class manager, can't beat yeah. Fabregas. Sorry, Fabregas. Fabregas. Arteta. <laughs> Sorry, I could have yeah. picked any player to be honest, couldn't I? Uh, can't beat Arteta. <laughs> then uh, then yeah. there's something Santi wrong. Carzola, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. then, then, then you don't know what makes sense anymore. <laughs> then I don't, don't, then I don't know what makes sense anymore. So yeah. I think I think yeah. it's a Tottenham win, Fair and, and I really, really, really hope you guys can pull it off. Brilliant. Well, if you're listening and you have any thoughts on any of the myriad games we've discussed today, on how the Arsenal game is going to go, how the Chelsea game is going to go, who you'd play, how, what approach you would take, and of course any comments on the games that have gone by, or just on anything in general, if you think that we're being far too nice about Arteta's Arsenal and we should just. Uh, start just hating on them and, and stop being so respectful and just let us know get get in touch with us as you know if you're a regular listener you should already be aware that we are on social media on twitter and instagram at plus day podcast email is plus day podcast at gmail.com and uh, yeah get in touch with us and big mike if you're listening i hope you are i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this as well i'm sure we'll get an email from you at some point as well let's see how that goes and tell your son to show up for more recordings indeed yeah <laughs> i mean I, I like to think he, he still you, listens when joe's not on but we do need we do need joe to step it up a bit come on joe the people want what they want so yeah please get in touch with us and let us know your thoughts but last on the agenda today is as always challenge earlier we always round off with a little bit of spurs trivia football trivia just to finish things off and as it is only dave and elio today i often write these with a view of expecting more than just dave representing the non-elio team which is it does make a difference given that as he likes to remind us he's not actually a spurs fan so the, the first question i feel like i need to tweak it a little bit because it's going to be a little bit easy for elio to outdo dave on this but what i might do is i might do some kind of handicap I'd like this is actually a <laughs> combined Arsenal and League Cup question and it's a question about that famous win in 2008 second leg of the semi-final against Arsenal hmm. which Dave you will remember well as Spurs won by what scoreline for 10 points no? <laughs> Three, it was 5-1 it was 5-1 it was another 5-1 Another five one. Yeah, is that your thing? Was second say. legs of the semi final. We do like a five well, one. Well, then it's yeah. obviously it's never going to be a five in the stars, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and what I was going to get you guys to try and do, had there been a few more of us, was to take it in turns to try and name the lineup like we did last time and the goal scorers. But I'm thinking maybe I might just get Elio to try and name the lineup and see if Dave can name the scorers. <laughs> what do you reckon? Is that a fair way of doing it? Because if it's going to be the lineups, it's not even fair. What do you think, Elio? Try and I'm happy with whatever you decide. <laughs> Don't put this on me is. now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just killing time until the, uh, the until who the who am I? That's where you pull it out of the bag. When I, when I come to the it's floor. a it's a bit like do you remember Gladiators, where they used to do all these mm. events leading up to the final event, and what was it the Eliminator? And it basically nothing mattered because the Eliminator just decided it. So you know it's a bit like that. That's the Who Am I game. It's the Eliminator. It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. All right, then. Just for a bit of fun, Elio, do you think you could name our entire lineup from that game? I know you were at that game because I remember you arriving at the pub straight from White Hart Lane when I was there with a few friends watching it with a big smile on your face and joining us for a drink. So I know you were there and I'm sure you remember the goal scorers, but how do you think you could do it naming the whole team? I remember the goal scorers lineup. I'm probably going to work backwards from this. I think this was before... We made all the signings that ended up playing in the finals. So a lot of players unfairly mm. lost their places to the likes of That's Jonathan Woodgate. And part Alan of the Hudson. reason I did this um, is it's a very different lineup to the final. Um, so. They went backwards. Berbatov and Keane, I think, is a given, uh, particularly correct. as both of them scored goals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
genus. Wait, you, you're giving ahead, Dave answers. So I thought Dave was going to go for the scorers after you named the team. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I this was he was going to say Keane using... anyway. He obviously would have said Keane. I was using this to remind myself of who was actually in the team, but um, Genus and uh, Lennon were both in you the team. You know what? Um, Berbatov didn't score in that game. Unless I've got... No, I don't think so. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Right. But anyway, Keane did. So you, Do you, I win? You give him Dave one answer. Um, so, you give him Dave one answer. So yeah, Berbatov and Keane were in the team though, of course. Berbatov, Keane, yeah. um, Genus and Lennon were in the they side. Were, correct. Um, I think Steve Malbranc played. He did. This was pre-deciding, so I'm going to go fullbacks would have been Lee and Chimbonda. That's right. Very good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Michael Dawson played. It's a case of who was partnering him. He did play. Very good. We obviously hadn't signed Woodgate yet. I'm trying to think if we had any other centre-backs at the club. I can't actually remember what other centre-backs we had at the club then, so I'm just going to go with King and hope for the best. That's correct. King actually did play that game. Um, He's one of his six. One of his six from that season, yeah. Whatever it was. So we need, think, we need a centre mid and a goalie now. I'd be very impressed if you get all this, to be honest. Not surprised, but impressed. Centre mid. We had a few. We had Huddleston at the club. We had, um, I think we we had Didier Zakora potentially as well. I seem to remember, just because I think it's the best game he ever had for us as well, I seem to remember our Finnish friend Timo Tainio playing. That's correct. He did indeed. Right, that is spot on. Timo Tainio was the other midfielder. All you're missing is the keeper now. Oh, Paul Robinson. You got 10 in a row, and then you got it wrong. What? Cherney started oh, that Radic game. Radic Cherney. Radic Cherney started that yeah. game. <laughs> so Dave gets all the points. Is that fair? Totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Dave. I think Elio deserves some points there. I don't think anyone really cares what the point system is anymore. I don't know what it is. I, I need to go back for about five episodes and tally it up. But either way, mm. that was very impressive. But I'll tell you what, Dave, just for a bonus point. Genus, Keane, Lennon, and Malbronk all scored. That was exactly what I was goal. about to say. I know. That's why I told you. I just cut to the chase because you obviously knew that. Well, it was can the you, first four people you, that Elliot mentioned. Can you guess who scored the fifth goal? It was an Arsenal player. I want to give Dave a clue for this yeah. one. I want him to get this. This person has been described as the best player in the world. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal player, first decade of this century, has been described as the best or up there with Ronaldo and Messi yeah. as the best player in the world. It has been said about him that only Ronaldo and Messi are better than him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'll know. give you another clue. Arsh- that was, well, who that was Arsh- in the Arsenal side? I'll give you another clue. It was himself saying that. He was the one saying that about himself. What year? 2008? 2008. Arsenal yeah. striker. Not particularly good, but no one told him. Oh, so we've also told. <laughs> of course. The man, the myth, Denmark, the legend. Denmark's finest. Nicholas Bentner. <laughs> Bentner. Indeed. Indeed. Do Denmark do wines? I don't think they do. It's a bit cold to grow grapes. <laughs> no, just bacon. I'm trying to remember that goal because I, <laughs> yeah. I haven't. I remember the other goals quite well, but was it yeah, a header? Was it a, wasn't it a free kick into it's the box? It's a header from a corner. Oh, it was from a corner. Which is yeah, why yeah. I sort of went for Berbatov, because yeah. I was thinking who'd have scored a header spirit, from a corner. Spirit of Ben Davies. Well, that question was a bit of a fast from the off, but Elio, nonetheless, as always, very impressed with that. You got more do this than again. I was expecting. If we do this again in like yeah. 13 years, I'll be all yeah. over it, because I've been watching Spurs games non-stop. You'll be having conversations with Leeds fan friends, and you'll just suddenly just flawlessly describe a Spurs game from 10 years ago, and they'll be like, what the hell was that? No, we'll, <laughs> do, the pod- we'll do the podcast. We'll do the podcast in 13 years. Go, right, okay, the question <laughs> now is on the Spurs 5, Chelsea 1 semi-final second leg from 2020. What yeah, was the exactly. side 11? I'll be like, in which Lucas Moura scored Wednesday. all five goals. I'll yeah. rack them yeah, all off. Exactly. Triore's debut. Well, you are the second most knowledgeable Spurs fan on this podcast. <laughs> 
Is that including me? Yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> do you think in 13 years' time I'll have learned how to do challenge Elio questions properly? <laughs> no. Right. Okay. The next no, one's a bit more fair. The next one's a bit more fair. And <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. I should tell you that I wasn't able to find up-to-date information. I wasn't able to find... <laughs> It's a great accurate. Yeah, it's a great start, isn't it? But I'm being upfront about it rather than you learning it through the process of answering the questions. Great. This is accurate as of 2018, end of 2018. No, sorry, as of end of 2019. But I must stress that it doesn't really change. It doesn't change the answers. It just changes the order. But I don't. I'm not worried about the order. What I would like you guys to do is take turns to tell me the eight players who have in the Premier League. It's always the Premier League. In the Premier League, the most goals in London derbies. And I don't mean North London derbies. I mean all London derbies. And the only thing that's so changed... including all London teams. Yeah. And the only thing that has changed is that there's one who's still playing, you'll probably guess, who has moved from lower to higher, because obviously he's been scoring a lot in the last couple of years. So, Dave, I think it's only fair that you get the first shot. Well, I'm going to start with Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry is in there. At the time of these stats, he was top. Do I get two I suspect... points for that? No. No, you don't. I suspect he might no longer be top because there's a man who might have overtaken him who Elio, I suspect, might be about to tell us. Harry Kane. Harry Kane, who I believe he's definitely the top scorer in North London derbies now, isn't he? And I'm pretty sure. I try, yeah, I actually tried to is. work it out. In fairness, I did try to work it out to give you an up-to-date uh, list. So if any listeners know, this for certain, tell us. But he's definitely close. By my estimate, I think he's got 45 in all London derbies now, whereas Thierry Henry had mm. 43. So that's the top two. Pretty easy, out of the way. Back to you, Dave. Is this just Premier League? This is yeah. just Premier League because, again, stats are just available. I feel like this just tells us that there's too many London derbies, too many teams. There's a lot of London derbies, yeah. So just, there are a lot should, of you guys teams. should just merge with Arsenal. Team London. I think we do pretty well. North London FC. What about if there was a you know a Team North West versus Team London? You know, it'd be pretty close. Yeah, but Yorkshire would wipe the floor with you. Obviously. And then win the Olympics. In terms of players that have come from Yorkshire, if that was the way it was done, Yorkshire would be the best team in the country. We'd be all right. Yeah. We'd handle ourselves. <laughs> David Batten. Right. You're buying time now, Dave. You're I am buying time. Because you're trying to think of one of the other one of the other eight. We've got two so far. We've got Harry Kane and Thierry Omri. And I need six more. Who's coming to mind? Um, Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard is in there at number four. He had 32 goals in 139 that does not sound right, but that's what I've got. <laughs> he has the lowest goals to the game ratio, though, out of all of those, you'll be pleased to hear, because I know you're not a fan of Frank. Elio? Um, Teddy Sheringham? Teddy Sheringham is in there. You do. Oh, I just you do always say him. I know you have that. He is in there. On this list, he is number three with 32 in 70 <sighs> matches with a ratio of 0.46. So, yeah, he's right up there. We've got the top four. Can we get the five to eight now? Um, Heating up. Anelka. No, an Elka, I'm afraid. Good guess. It's good, but it's not the one. Cheers, Roy. Elio. Um, Ian Wright. Yes, Ian Wright is number five. Very good. He's actually got a pretty impressive ratio. 28 and 53 in London derbies. Because so, he was really good for Palace. Play for Palace as well. Yeah, I was going to say, that counts. Mm. Yeah. That counts. That counts, yeah. yeah Palace are as a, Palace as are a London team. club. Yeah, yeah. They're a London <laughs> team, yeah. He played for two South London teams. <laughs> so um, we've, got, we've got one, two, three, four, five. Oh, have we gone in all? We have so far, pretty much, yeah, more or less. <laughs> but that is why it gets a little bit trickier. But it's not—it's not the most challenging one. This one, I don't think. Um, Drogba. Yes, Drogba is number eight. Twenty-three goals in sixty-four London derbies. Zero point three six. Bit rubbish, really, isn't he? 
yeah. I, I actually, I actually think he probably had a better ratio in London derbies than he did in in general. I feel like Drogba was an absolute big game player. Exactly, those were all big games. Yeah, mm. I think that's why people think of him as having scored more goals than he probably did. I think he had one really prolific season. He had one great season mm. where he finished top scorer, but generally yeah. he was a foil for others to score goals, wasn't he? he was, oh yeah, not he was great the, player. Uh, Don't get he's me the Firmino wrong. of his time. Exactly, yeah, but much better. better yeah. <laughs> he was Drogba yeah. was amazing at what he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like Firmino's brain in Kenweenie Jones' body. Um, <laughs> Moving away from how you pronounce that. <laughs> Would you say Kenweenie? I'd, I I'd it was say Kenweenie. Ken <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Kenweenie. <laughs> anyway, you, haven't, you haven't got the best record on pronunciations in recent podcasts, so you, you might want to pipe I'm down. I'm pretty sure it's Kenweenie Jones. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Let us know. Let's get him on I the actually, phone. I genuinely I'm, have no idea. I don't know. I can see the word, and I can't. I don't know how to... <laughs> Um, right. Right, we've got two more, which uh, they're, they're not, you know, shocking uh, by any means, but there's quite a few candidates for this, isn't there? So, so, there's two good strikers we had around the same time, and I'm sure at least one of them should be in there. I'm just wondering which one. Just for the sake of longevity, and he also had another London club in there, I'm going to go for Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe is correct. Very good. 28. I mean, that said, Robbie Stop Keane played for the same, same London club. Names. That I've just written down. <laughs> yeah, written down. Dave, you should you should show me. Wave the paper at me. Prove you're working. Can't actually read anything there, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, just he's written Defoe. That, you've written down. Defoe. You have. Defoe, I think he means Willem, though. <laughs> Defoe yeah, scored 28, Willem, yeah. 28 in 54, which is a 0.46 ratio. So that's not bad at all. And yeah, he played for West Ham as well as us, of course. So we're missing number seven. All that's missing. Dave, I'm assuming you've written it down, whoever it is. I haven't, no. I don't no? It at oh, you didn't write this one down. It's a shame. Well, no, that's the last one I wrote down. I'm now out of out of guesses. I'm now working off of my brain. There are probably a number of what would be quite good guesses, so he could be here a while. So I think I will probably have to start giving clues soon. But I'm just working on a fair clue that doesn't give it away immediately. So have a think and throw me some names. Let's do away uh, with the back and forth. I don't think I don't think it's right, but I'm going to go with D. Bent. Nope, it is not. Have you any ideas? No. Um, As a clue, I can tell you another no, no, team. No, no, no clues. We, we, no, we've no, got, I think we can still do okay. okay. I mean, um, by saying I'm suggesting clues, that's not to say this is a shock rogue out there player. Like he's, he won't be I'm going to go, I'm going to go for, just because he played for both us and Arsenal, I'm going to go for Adebayor. No, good guess. I would have guessed him, but no, he's not in there. Any ideas, Dave? Van Persie? Very good. It was Van Persie, number seven. There you go. You didn't need clues. I should have had more faith in you guys. Very good. So Kane, Omri, Sheringham, Lampard, Wright, Defoe, Van Persie and Drogba are the top eight. Assuming that those stats are accurate. You did well. That was very good. Yeah, good good team effort. Well, unless Lanzini and Mikel Antonio have scored more goals than we realise, I think we're okay as that still being the top eight. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Antonio's probably scored about 10 against us. Because that says that Timo Werner doesn't score. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's probably a pretty reliable, reliable top eight. So to finish things off, this is Dave's favorite part of the show every week because he, he normally wins it. This is the Who Am I game, and we did a bit of a guess who style last week where I got you guys to ask me questions. But I'm going back to the classic format this time. This is a game where I will be talking about a player who has played for Spurs, and the guys will take in turn to guess who it is based on clues that I give about this player. Clue number one: I am not. Darren Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Clue number one. I am six foot one. You must get it now. 
Whose go is it? Who's going first? I think it's your Dave? go. I think it's your go because Dave got the last one, didn't he? Okay, I'm six foot one. No, you're not. I never trust Wikipedia. I, yeah, <laughs> I wish. I never trust Wikipedia on heights, but Who I'm going to go with. And can I just say, if you get it, I'll be really upset. So don't don't get it right. Help it. <laughs> really? Because one of these days, um, someone will get it on the first one. Probably. Okay. Um, no, I just mean generally. Alan Hutton. It will happen. No, it's not. But were you thinking of him because he was commentating on the game? Six foot one's an obscure one. You either get yeah. players just under six foot or players who are like six foot three or something like that. Six, six foot, foot one. one. According to Wikipedia, it was good enough to get me a degree. So I trust it. Uh, <laughs> next clue. I scored seven goals for Spurs. Dave. Any ideas? You don't have to guess if you no one comes to mind. Ledley King. Them out. No, not Ledley King. Next clue. I have 82 international caps. Slightly better clue, I think. 82 international caps. Mm. And seven goals for Spurs and six foot one. Might not have been at Spurs that long. Um, I'm thinking way too hard about this. <laughs> um, you can't. You, you just refuse I to really, pass, don't you? I, I really, really, really want to get it right. That's why. Um <laughs> We had Musa Dembele last week. I'm going to go Musa Sissoko. No, it's not Musa Sissoko. Wasn't that who we had last week? It was week? Sissoko last week. It was. No, we had Dembele no, last week. It was Sissoko, was it Sissoko? last week. Yeah. Ah. Okay, next clue. I scored on my Spurs debut. Oh, Elliot's going to get this now. I think it's over to you, Dave. Do you have any yeah. guesses? Scored on debut. Mm. Rebrov? It's not Rebrov, I'm afraid. Next clue. And then it's Elio's guess. As a boy, my idol was Patrick Clybert. What are you thinking, Elio? <laughs> Deep in thought. <laughs> Sebastian Basson. No, it is not Sebastian Basson, I'm afraid. Okay, next clue. I have played professionally in four countries. Dave, any ideas? And I trust you're writing down all of these excellent clues. And you've mm-hmm. got your Guess Who board up. The biggest Guess Who board ever. Aldevireld? It's not Aldevireld, I'm afraid. Next clue. My middle names, I know you love middle names, are Sidi and Yaya. Sidi and Yaya. Sidi, S-I-D-I, and Yaya, as in Yaya Toure. Sidi and Yaya. (laughs) Seven goals for his country. No, seven goals from us and 82 international international caps. caps. Seven goals for Spurs, played in four countries, scored on his Spurs debut. Middle names are CD and Yaya, and idolise Patrick Clivert. I, I feel like he scored more goals for us than this, but I'm going to go with Mido. It's not Mido, I'm afraid. Next clue. We're running out of clues now. Let's have a look. Next clue. I have played in teams managed by Louis van Gaal and Roberto Martinez. <laughs> Dave, do you have an answer? Oh man, this is tough. It's getting tense now. I'm always slightly it's relieved when I get through about four or five questions that I've not made it too easy. Uh, but then I start worrying that I've made it too hard once we get to about eight questions. Palacios. No, it's not Palacios, I'm afraid. All right. That was actually going to be my next guess. Oh, was it? So oh, there we go. I'm glad, next, I'm glad you said next that. Next clue. I was described by my Spurs manager as a genius. As described by my Spurs manager as a That genius. could have been just one of your stupid Spurs managers saying silly <laughs> things though. Yeah. Um Clint Dempsey? No. Clint Siddy Yaya Dempsey. 
You forgot about that clue, didn't you, Elliot? <laughs> there are a few of these clues that are deliberate. Red herrings might be a stretch, but they're, they're in there to sort of throw you off a little bit. <laughs> oh, God. It's, okay. it's the combination of goals for us and the capturer's country that I'm fixated on. I should stress that I don't remember whether that's goals in all competitions or league goals, by the way. Not that it makes a huge difference, but just for completion's sake. Next clue. Jermaine Genus once compared me to a vacuum cleaner because I, quote, suck in all the pressure and then release the ball at the perfect time. Whose go is it? Mine. Dave's. Dave's go. I mean, I've just written, just written down vacuum cleaner, so you know, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm out of clues. I'm going to have to Wikipedia this now. Um, this is, I, I this feel like is this, is be, this is going to be dramatic. One way or another, this is going to be dramatic. Idolized Cliverts. It can't be that long ago. Hmm. Should I just start throwing out new clues? No, 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 no. Don't take away from the intensity. The longer these, <laughs> the longer these go on, the more I start to worry that I've got one of the clues wrong, and <laughs> it's just thrown everyone wildly off. I don't think I have. I think it's all accurate so far. Um, oh, I don't know. Steven Bergvine. No. Next clue. I've played for two London clubs. I don't think he had 82 caps for his country, otherwise... Who? Who, Elio? Oh. Is it better than anything else you can think of? That's the problem. It might be, but <laughs> I- I'm sure it's not him. Um... Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the hardest one you've ever done. I don't know if it is, though. Maybe. Played for two London clubs, you say. That's including us, right? Two London clubs, including Spurs. Do you want another clue? Oh, um, Ida Goodjonsson. No. Ida... Siddy Yaya Johnson. <laughs> Stephen Siddy Yaya Bergwijn. Good point. Well played. In, in all fairness, I or will Toby say. Or Toby Siddy Yaya Aldemira. Guys, on those on those middle names, they they they're not. They, they seem slightly ridiculous, even on him. So don't focus too much on those. I was I was slightly surprised by those middle names. Like they're not they're not quite Clint Siddy Yaya Dempsey, but. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, City, Yaya, Lineker. <laughs> um, right. God. I was ranked 91st in the Guardian's list of the 100 best current footballers in 2012. I need better clues than that. That's, a bit of yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not going to be the one that tenuous. gets you over the line, is it? <laughs> At least it gives I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. So is it his peak in 2012? I suppose. Okay. I'm deep diving into Wikipedia now for more. No. No, I haven't got anything. I've literally got nothing. <laughs> Me too, though. I, I, I've run out. You've run out of guesses. I've run out of clues. Uh, right, let's see. Let's see. Let's think of a good one now. You must just say anyone, Dave. Just a player that played for Spurs and might have scored seven goals. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's a clue. I signed for Spurs in 2012 and left Spurs in 2019. I, got, I was actually going to say this guy before this clue. For what it's worth, yeah. just because the genus is not scoring enough for us, I think it's Musa Dembele. It is Musa oh. Dembele. You mentioned who you him said well. earlier. You said about half an hour ago, and then said it's not him <laughs> by virtue of us having discussed him last week, which we then corrected you. I'm really glad that I threw you off the scent because that would have been very quick otherwise. <laughs> it is Musa oh, Sidi wow. Yaya Dembele. Who did he play for under Van Gaal? So, 
Van Hal was the he manager at, at AZ. Van Hal at 20. No, oh, at, at AZ Alkmaar. Ah, wow. Yeah, he was the manager then at the time. Yeah, yeah, was and then 20. Roberto Martinez, obviously, in the international oh. level. Yeah, exactly. Wow, so, well, yeah. Elliot's we got to win one, I guess. I chose him because I thought it would give you a good chance, Dave, because I know how much you love Mr. Dembele, but it was well played, Elliot. And to be fair, you did pretty much get him about five clues ago. You just then taught yourself out <laughs> of it for no good reason. But but well done. Good challenge, Elio, for you this week. And um, Very good. good episode. Thanks for joining us again. 11 clues guys. ago, actually. <laughs> 11 actually clues ago. 11 clues ago. <laughs> also, wow. before we go, yeah. before we go, mm. we need to settle this once and for all. Oh, God, what's happening? Pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> Ken, Ken, Ken Jones. Ken Winnie. Ken Winnie. Jones. How to pronounce Kenyon Jones. <laughs> right. Is there a button you press and it will say it, it will read no it out No one has you. ever said yeah. in any media, Ken Winnie. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Was Dave right, Elio? Maybe. Okay. Well, on that note, it's probably about time we wrapped up this episode. So thank you to everyone who sat through the entirety of the thing. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Or actually, probably a bit more than we did. And I hope you join us again next week. And let's hope we've got some good results to be talking about. Obviously, we've got a few coming up. Big games. And it's all heating up. The season is reaching a boiling point, And we're going to have a lot to talk about in the next episode. And who knows? We might even have more than three of us next week if one of the other guys fucks their ideas up. So join us for that. And fingers crossed, it will be another fun-filled, action-packed episode. But until then, stay classy, Spurs fans. And we will see you next week. Thank you.